never live with that bill by my side. But then I spent so many nights thinking how Eric did me wrong. Hi, this is Marisha for Love Your Creativity and welcome to the weekly podcast. This is in two parts. The first part is seven life lessons learned from Suki Stackhouse. I know it sounds a bit bonkers, but I really think there's a lot of truth in it. Although if you disagree, please let me know. Or I guess you can switch off, <laughs> um, but maybe not. Part two is the tracking where I look at ways that we can track our progress creatively in the last week. Have we sent emails, spoke to people, done work, which will all happen in the second part. But first, I've just been really ill, which is why there's been a break. I've been at home. I've been in A&E, in hospital. I've had emergency surgery. From having been really productive creatively, I just, out of nowhere, I got very, very ill. I'm largely better now. I have to say uh, I'm not quite 100%, and it's always a starting again that's hard, isn't it, when you've been knocked down? whether it's from illness or other life disappointments, but I'm kind of back on track. But while I was ill, I read quite a lot of fiction. And Suki Stackhouse, the very final novel, Dead Ever After by Charlene Harris, was definitely on the top of the list of books that I read. And of course, the True Blood series is based on these novels, um, which I and I love them passionately, uh, both in different ways. And I really obviously have followed both the TV and the books for a while now and just love them. So it was quite interesting I have to say, this is the first time I've been moved to write life lessons off the back of a fictional character. But the reason was the very ending of Dead Ever After. And I'm going to read you that. I'm not going to tell you who she ends up with. Charlene Harris at the beginning actually says, look, um, I know some of you have got very strong views about who she should end up with. But I've gone with my initial and original idea. And I'm sorry if that disappoints you. Uh, but so I'm not going to say who it is. But anyway, listen to this and you'll you'll get why I'm so inspired to to do this. I enjoyed my arms around him, the sense of him next to me. And if you were to ask, I would confess that I thought he and I would be together, maybe by Christmas, maybe for always. I couldn't imagine a future without him. But I also knew that if he turned away from me at this moment, somehow I would survive that. And I would find a way to flourish like the yard that still bloomed and grew around my family home. I'm Suki Stackhouse and I belong here. I mean, that's a great ending, I've got to say. So life lesson number one, you know what I'm going to say. She knows that she's been through crazy and survived. I mean, seriously, death, torture, blood, horror, heartbreak, loss of family members and friends. And she survived. And I think it's really important for us all when we've been through really difficult periods to be able to say, God damn it, I survived. I mean, and that's why we all love I will survive, don't we? Because it's this somehow I'm still standing, standing here. Wow. I don't somehow I made it through. And we all go through terrible things in life. Unfortunately, Um, I certainly have. And I've had a really difficult last year, which I'm coming out of. But. And, and, you know, whether it's loss of loved ones or death or life's disappointments. I mean, I do think it's really important to say, God, I got through this. Uh, I lost a boyfriend that I love very much through cancer. And uh, it really knocked me for six in a way that it took a long time for me really to recognise. But I survived it and I've survived things since, although there's moments where I'm like, oh, my God. So I think it's really important. Life lesson number one from Suki is... Just recognise that you're still here. I like Liza Minnelli, you know, I'm still here, baby. I made it through. 
I mean, there's a million songs about that, and it's because we all go through this. No, no human goes through this life unscathed, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. In making your way through these experiences, standing at the side going, I, I really rather not done that, but you always learn. And of course, the other side point is not only does she know she will survive because of her life experience so far, but also if he leaves her, again, she will survive. I, I know when I was in my 20s, it was so much drama with boys. I love him when he calls me. I hate you when you don't. That kind of, oh my God, he said this. Da, da, da. Whereas now, you know, having loved and lost a few times, it's just so vital to know that as much as you love someone and probably will always love some people, whether they want to be with you or not, or circumstance, you will get through that. So that's life lesson number one. Number two, she lives in the moment. There's so many moments where she's in the sun, the heat and the flowers. And she has got a place where she can go and just lie in that gorgeous garden. Although it seems every time she turns around, some evil's popping up from the ground. An elf or a vampire or whatever. But in those moments in the sunlight, she really just hits the sun and just breathes it in. And I think it's important for us all to try and do that. No, acknowledge that life can be, as we've said, difficult. But if you can take the moments to go, this in this moment, I'm okay. In, in this moment, so-and-so may or may not call in me. My work may or may not be going well. You know, this may not happen. Someone I love is very ill. But in this moment, I'm okay. And find something that makes you, you know, makes you complete in that way. I've started getting out. I wouldn't call it running because I fall over. It's more like a very fast walk. But just getting out at the moment in the English summer and just getting some. And when I don't do it, I feel so different. And yet my heart just lifts doing it. So that's my way. So live in the moment and find ways to access that gratitude. Number three, family and friends are important. And you really have to learn to accept the differences. Some of them you do have to let go of. But, you know, the love's always there. And at times you are going to really have problems. I mean, she's had so many problems with friends. There was the Arlene uh, situation. And of course, with the books and the novels, things have, of course, with the books and the TV, things have veered very differently. Uh, but there's been so many people that she thought she loved, although Renee trying to kill her in the first series and it's continued. There's all the fairies. Some of them are for her and some of them are against. You don't really know. And all you can ever do is Keep your heart open and see what happens. But some people you do have to let go of. Some people will never understand. There's been times where, like with Tara, she had to let go of her before she came back into her life. And equally, you know, the, your most loved ones, her brother, her relationship with her brother, etc., etc. You, you'll do crazy things for the people you love, but equally sometimes you have to let them go if they're not uh, positive for you. And that's an important one. Lesson number four. Somehow, despite the crazy of her relationships... Although I'm sure we all feel we've had equally crazy, if just maybe not as much blood. If she keeps her, she keeps her heart open for new love. I mean, really, if we think about it, there's been the passion of Bill and the disappointment. Then there's the Eric and then there was oh, too many. There's the, the ongoing Sam thing, Quinn, Alcide. God, it was hot. I mean, they're all hot. But there's been so many possibilities and moments and and sometimes well in most cases they haven't panned out or when you do when they do pan out it's not what you expect but she's always kept her heart open i have to say maybe it's easier for a fictional character but but equally i know people who are able to do that and i've certainly found it hard in the past to trust again and love again and sometimes you do have to give yourself time but way to go suki to and also way to go charlene to understand that you just have to keep moving forward again Point number five, 
some lovers are very selfish, not necessarily in bed, but, you know, their ego or their life details are far more important than you all the time. You, you have to look at that. If you're unhappy in your relationships, it can just be that they're not. Um, well, if they're just very selfish, they're all about them, then that's fine. You know, her uh, situation with the whole Eric and the, the strata and I suppose even Bill at the beginning, there's always they seem to have a lot of things that they wanted to do themselves. And she seemed to be a pawn in, in their game in many cases. And we all know people like that. So I think you have to be uh, clear. This leads very well into life lesson number six from Suki, which is. And I'm thinking about this particularly because I've got friends of mine going through this. You really need to see what you want in life. And and therefore in your relationships and match, make sure what you want matches the men that you date. If, for example, if she wants kids, why date a vampire? If she loves the sun, why date a night owl? And it's fine if you're going to date someone for fun. I'm all about having fun. But if you are at a point where you want something else, maybe you need to look at that and make some very serious life thoughts about what it is. And she does, obviously, through a lot of it, she, she looks at that and um, realises the long-term issues. But I have so many friends who will be like, God, he's so amazing, little love, but he never calls and he doesn't want to settle down. And he's told me that when they're really wanting to have kids or, you know, they say, I love you, but I never want kids. And you do want kids. You have to make at some point when you're ready. The sooner you can look at your relationships and, and the, the results you're getting from them. And it's fine if it's all just fun and passion. But if you're wanting something very different from what they want, then I have to say, or well, their lifestyle. I mean, I was dating someone recently. He's lovely, but... He is still very much on the let's go out and party all the time and drinks and smokes and, you know, and all joie de vivre, which is fantastic. And I did it for a long time, but I don't want to be doing it every single weekend or, you know, every every summer's day. I've got really lots of things I'm trying to do. And as a creative, I think it's very easy to get distracted by this living for the moment, I know, which I know I said to do earlier. But there's got to be also this this balance about am I doing the work that makes my life important for me and I had to look at that with this chap I was dating he was gorgeous and lovely and intelligent and fun and sex was amazing and, but I kept dumping him for the very reasons that I just didn't like his lifestyle choices and of course he wasn't going to change I kept taking him back because he's lovely but at the end of the day I've had to go no this is not going to work and I think sometimes you have to look at that now life lesson number seven final one and I think this is a really important one is ensure you have really great sex. Because she did, you know, from not having slept with anyone, she's had some goddamn hot boyfriends. And I gather from the books, the sex is pretty, pretty fine and athletic. And I think that if you're in a relationship where the sex is kind of dribbling out, I don't think dribblings are quite, quite <laughs> Dribbling out, the, yes, no, let's, let's move away from the dribble as a as a bad verb choice by me um god if you are in a relationship where the sex is kind of not happening anymore or is just boring you need to change that you need to take responsibility because if you don't they will leave or you will i have been in that situation before a long-term relationship you have to keep it going i'm not saying get rid of them but go to go and buy a book on it watch some videos go to some kind of conference make time for your relationship and the sex and if it's not great 
give him some tips or her tips. So, because I think it's really important because it's one of the great things in life. It's, you know, we, we're not given the ability to have an orgasm without absolutely taking full responsibility for ensuring we get them. God, these bodies are ours are magnificent and fantastic and just wonderful. And uh, I'm just trying to think who it was. I think it was Peter Jackson. Someone did a commencement address. I'll, I'll dig it out. I think it was Peter Jackson. And his commencement address said to these, you know, university graduates, you are now ready. Your body is now ready to die because you're now at 21, 22. You're now at peak physical state. And now all your body wants to do is have kids and die. You know, from now on, the cells stop growing and now we're going to decline, which is a bit traumatic. But he makes a very valid point is that these bodies of ours are made on a cycle. And you just and I'm not saying you shouldn't be having great sex in your 60s and 70s. I hope I am. But God, you've got to really enjoy the fact we're given these wonderful gifts. So go out and make sure it happens. So to round off my um, seven life lessons from Suki Stackhouse, and I'm going to say they're valid. The most admired capacity in human beings is not beauty, it's not intelligence, and it's not even capacity to love. And it's not even, according to the social media and the press of today, it's not possessions and who you are and where you are and what you wear. The most admired capacity, I believe, no, I know, is the ability to get up after having been beaten down and then fight forward. That ability to get up off the floor and move forward. And that's why I think we've all loved this journey of Suki. I know why the Hunger Games is so fantastic, because she's battled through and battled through. It's why the Shawshank Redemption, which when it was released as a film, didn't really go anywhere, has is always in the top three of best films, because it's that never giving up, never... I'm getting quite emotional, actually. It's this constant fight forward. You know, Rocky, Helen Keller, Nelson Mandela. I mean, well, even Lance, Lance Armstrong is so popular. I know pre all the drug stuff, but, you know, fighting through the cancer and who knows what, you know, what when you're fighting a, a life battle like that. And I know I've, you know, said I've uh, I've seen people go through that horrendous experience. It does mess your head up. How can it not? And even the really famous line from Marlon Brando in uh, I think it's on the waterfront. Yeah, I could have been a contender, you know, because he's which is still because of the fact that he he gave up a fight because he was being paid to. But he could have been a contender. And the sorrow at the fact that he didn't give it to all. So I don't want to be that, which is why at the moment I'm very focused. Um, having fallen down too many times, I'm really trying to pick myself back up. No, I have. I mean, I have. I've got lots of exciting things happening. But I don't want to be able to say when I'm old. I don't want to say when I'm old and grey, I could have been a contender. And actually, Suki, the life lesson from these novels and Charlene's, you know, inspiration of doing the whole thing is, you know, she's awkward she's a bit weird people don't really understand her other people find beauty in her and let's let's face it we often don't see our own beauty but my god all the experiences she's been through you know really she's she's kept on going actually thinking about the the last novel she managed to fit all the important men of Suki's life in there and it did remind me of this the famous I will survive so um I've just put this together in about three seconds, but you'll, you'll get the idea of it. So <laughs> here we go. I'm playing the intro so you know where it is, but I haven't got backing, but you'll get it. And the singing's not great because I obviously I can't really speak at the moment, but you'll get the point. First I was afraid, 
I was petrified, kept thinking I could never live without Bill by my side. But then I spent so many nights thinking how Eric did me wrong, and I grew strong. And I learned how to get along, and so you're back ooh, ooh, from Fantasia. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I just walk in to find you here with blood upon your face. Should have uninvited you. I should have put elf wards round my door. But I'd known for just one second you'd be back to bother me. Go on now, I'm seed. Walk out the door. Just turn around, Bill. Eric, you're not welcome anymore. Quinn, you were the one who tried to break me with goodbye. Do you think I'd crumble? Do you think I'd lay down and die on an eye? So you can see we've got a little suki going on. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I've got on. Uh, okay, I've lost it. I will survive. Oh, as long as I know how to love, I know I'll stay alive. I got all my life to live. I got all my blood to give. I will survive. I will survive. Hey, hey. It took all the strength I had not to fall apart. Kept trying hard to mend the pieces of my broken heart. And I spent all so many nights feeling sorry for myself. I used to cry. And now I hold my head up high, and you see me, somebody new. I'm not that chained up little person still in love with you, and you, and you, and you. So Bill, Eric, Alcide, and Quinn, you just feel like dropping in. Just expect me to be free. And now I'm saving all my living for someone who's loving me. You get the idea. <laughs> Tracking time, time, time to track, time, time to track. This will make your creativity grow. So uh, I'm going to go through these. They're also in the podcast show notes. I think it's really important. No, I know it's important for me anyway. To look back on a week or a month, however it works, but weekly works best for me. And see how much forward movement you're doing creatively. It's so hard otherwise to keep moving. And I think acknowledging where you are and what you've done really helps. So these are the questions. Feel free to pause them uh, as you want and have a think. How many CVs and emails did you send out for creative work in the last week or two weeks? Have a think about that. How many creative jobs did you actually do? Whether it was loads of shows or an opening or a song. So how much work have you actually done creatively this week? How many auditions and meetings have you had for creative projects? How many classes and workshops did you do in the last week? How much practice have you done? How much each day? The uh, fun question. How much money have you made through your creative pursuits? What marketing of your creative output did you do? And what revenue generation plans have you put in place? And also, and lastly, did you learn or see anything new or worth exploring creatively? Now, I have been tracking every week, but obviously I, this is my first podcast in two because of my illness. So I'm going to do a two week um, backflip. But certainly before I got ill, you can probably hear my throat. I'm still not quite there yet. I was doing really well because I had done... In the previous eight days before I got ill, I'd done four auditions of which I nailed three and the fourth one I got a, it was for a musical and I got a, st a little email a standard email just saying dear everyone thanks for coming but you weren't successful but then immediately afterwards I got a 
email specifically to me saying, hi, Marisha, this is the artistic director. Just wanted to let you know that we really enjoyed your audition and that um, I really hope that we can work with you again in future. You just weren't right for this part. And he told me when their next project is going to be starting and he hopes that I'll be able to audition for that too. Which was really positive, and I did a podcast about that and a blog at the very beginning about taking the positive. So really, three out of four books and the fourth one, um, such positive feedback was, I think, really great. And then I fell ill, so which is just so goddamn typical. I have in the last two weeks because of the illness. How many CDs and emails have I sent out for creative work? It's literally been two in the first couple of days, and then nothing for fourteen days. Uh, creative jobs have I actually done? I have done a voiceover. I had to do a voiceover. I managed to do it just before I completely lost all the plot. It was my illness. So I did do one voiceover for a very cute little uh, project. So one. How many auditions and meetings for creative projects? I've had one meeting in the last two weeks, but that's it. But again, I haven't been sending out for anything now. I've started again this week. Classes and workshops have I done. I did a really great uh, Q&A. I went to see um, Dennis Kelly, the writer. Fantastic. And I will write up the notes for that this week. There's some really good positive takeaways from that. In particular, he said, look, if you're not working at your craft every day, then uh, give up because if you're not taking yourself seriously, then no one else will. Which is interesting because I've heard that before when I've uh, interviewed people. They really are so much about going forward. He spoke about going to see Doris Lessing and apparently she had said, someone asked a question, and, it, and um, her advice, which he's never forgotten, is you've got to keep moving forward with projects. You can't write one book and then hawk it around for 10 years and hope it's going to happen. You are a playwright, not a writer of one play. You're an author, not a writer of one book. So you have to do the one project, see what you can do, and then be writing the other one. And that's certainly true. The Jason Hewitt podcast interview I did back in April, you know, he's written three. He's got a two book deal and he's already on the second one while they're working out the marketing on the first one. So you've got to keep moving forward. How much practice um, have you done this week? How much each day? I have to be honest, um, not many. I've just started singing again. It's a bit, um, I'm having to take it slowly because I'm having to, I'm singing at the Royal Festival Hall again, some very difficult music. Michael Tippett, A Child of Our Time. It's like, I mean, if, you know, if, if this was a sport, it would be, it would be like alpine skiing, like but going sometimes fast, sometimes very quick turns, sometimes speed. It's requiring everything. And when I went to audition, I couldn't believe she let me in because the sight reading alone is 10 chromatic notes every bar half the time. It's You definitely need to be able to turn on a dime. And the only reason I can now is because I've been, I've continued to sing with people and work with people. And even if, um, and I've also been part of harmony groups for a long time. So I've just got better. And it's purely that. It's not I'm so genius. It's just I've actually done a lot of work on it. And now it's, it comes pretty easily to me. And I have really great ears because I play lots of instruments. So my readiness for that is purely a decade of practice. Uh, how much money I've made through my creative pursuits? Well, exactly. I spent two weeks in bed, so none. What marketing of your creative output have you done? And what revenue generation plans put in place? Mm, exciting. Well, um, none. I mean, obviously, partly what I'm doing here is marketing, I guess, but I don't really see it as such. But again, not much for two weeks. The single, the song, the music you hear at the beginning of the podcast is my London Town track, which is a track I wrote years ago. And we're currently remixing it. And so in about, 
I've got to go back in and do, redo the verse vocals because we've decided we want to take it up the octave or maybe two because it's very low and I think it needs to be a bit higher and a bit more dreamy for the style of music it is. So once that's done, I'm then going to be releasing a single. I've never released a single like this ever, so I think it's going to be quite an interesting process. I've, I mean, I've been involved in, in other things like that and tour managed and done an album, but this is going to be very specifically a dance track. So you'll be hearing about my progress on that. And did I learn or see anything new or worth exploring creatively? I wasn't able, when I was so ill, I just couldn't listen to any positive thinking, actually. It really drove me a bit mad. All the podcasts I listened to and the positive stuff, I just, you know, I wasn't in that space. That's what ill health does to you. It really messes with your head as well. I did read one very good book, though, which did inspire me, but it also freaked me out a bit, which was This Creative Life by Twyla Tharp. I'm going to write a review, but it's really good about the discipline of having to move forward. And I think that's the bit I, I think the creative me also hates the discipline of the creative process. But I know how important it is. It's that constant battle. But she gives some really great advice. It's a wonderful book. So there we are. So that's me. Um, if your creative output in the last couple of weeks or week has been zero, don't feel guilty. You just got to go, right, what do I need to do this week? I've really now what I've done is I've written a list of things I want to do for June. And I'm looking at that list every day and trying to get them. I've got four really busy days ahead. I'm about to, um, I've got the Royal Festival Hall gig at the end of the month. So I've got rehearsals for that because none of it's obvious to me, is it? And I'm doing two films. So I've got rehearsals and uh, for sure, they're just sorting all the uh, shoot dates out at the moment, which I think are largely finalised in June and July. And I've got to get back out there auditioning, etc., etc. So it's good. So um, thank you. I hope you enjoyed it. And you well, I hope you thought it was bonkers, but maybe you learnt something really useful from my Suki Stackhouse. But for me, it made a lot of sense. It reminded me, especially when I've been so ill. I've been iller. I've been much iller. But still, these 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 setbacks that come, you have to find a way to go, God damn it, I'm still here. So there we go. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you did like it and you wanted to do me a huge favour, that will cost you no money. Um, if you could go along to iTunes, the channel there is Love Your Creativity and give me a rating. I'd really appreciate it. Or there's a link to the iTunes channel in the show notes, just because that way people can find out about it and uh, we can keep on doing this. And if you like the song London Town, which is the dance track you can hear, this is my new track, which I'm about to uh, finish and then release as a dance single this summer. So um, keep an eye out for it. Thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Bye.